0: sport continuously provides its audience with powerfully emotional healing and influential moments and nearly always these moments are remembered alongside the calls from the broadcasters lucky enough to be behind the microphone the minute the amazing happens but what makes them unforgettable stretches far beyond the 30-second clip in which it's captured this is mark grandy and you're listening to golden tones a podcast dedicated to the art of play-by-play broadcasting analyzing not the play on the field but the voices of the people in the booth roar the tape.
1: Just about a quarter to eight, October the 6th, 2010, the first postseason game for Roy Halladay. He winds the 0-2, swing and a dribbler out in front of the plate. Ruiz out to get it, the throw from his knees, it's in time, and it's a no-hitter, unbelievable. Ruiz and Halladay embrace and the Phillies again celebrate around Roy Halladay. Four nothing. It's the second no hitter in Major League postseason history. Here tonight at Citizens Bank Park.
0: That's Scott Fransky on the Phillies radio network. On as you heard, October sixth, two thousand and ten, at Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia. You're probably familiar with Roy Halladay, but still, before we can discuss Vransky's call of his no-hitter, we first need to find out what led to this moment. Halladay played the first 12 years of his Major League career with the Toronto Blue Jays. During those 12 seasons, he went 148-76 and with a 3.43 earned run average. He won the 2003 American League Cy Young Award when he led the AL with 22 wins, 266 innings pitched, nine complete games, and two shutouts. He finished top five in the Cy Young voting four other times in Toronto and was selected to the All-Star team six times. Despite establishing himself as one of the best pitchers of his generation, the Blue Jays had trouble putting together team success. Despite winning 80 or more games in nine of Halliday's 12 seasons with the Blue Jays, Toronto failed to make the postseason. In 2000, which was Halliday's worst season of his career by a wide margin, at least statistically, the Blue Jays missed the playoffs by four and a half games. And that was the closest Halliday ever came to the postseason while donning a Toronto jersey. In fact, in those 12 seasons, 2000 was the only campaign in which the Blue Jays were even within single-digit games of a postseason berth. In December of 2009, months after Halliday finished a 17-10 season with a 2.79 ERA and a league-leading nine complete games and four shutouts, Toronto traded him to the Philadelphia Phillies as part of a four-team trade that also sent Cliff Lee, whom the Phillies acquired at the previous trade deadline, to the Seattle Mariners. Philadelphia inked Halliday to a contract extension after finalizing the trade, signing him through the 2013 season with a 2014 option. By the way, the Blue Jays acquired three players in the deal, Kyle Drabeck, Brett Wallace, and Travis Darnot. So the Phillies, two seasons removed from a World Series win and one season removed from a World Series loss, had their new ace to help complement a team that already featured Cole Hamels, Ryan Howard, Chase Utley, Jimmy Rollins, Carlos Ruiz, Jason Wirth, and others. That roster made Philadelphia the National League's opening day favorite, and they didn't disappoint. Behind Halliday's Cy Young winning campaign, the Phillies won a big league best 97 games. Halliday went 21-10 with a 2.44 ERA, the second-best mark of his career when considering qualified seasons. He led the league in innings pitched and paced the league in complete games, nine of them for the fourth straight season, and shutouts, four of them, for the third straight season. One of those shutouts came on the evening of May 29th in Miami, when Halliday threw the 20th perfect game in MLB history. He struck out 11 batters and didn't allow a single base runner. Philadelphia won the NL East by six games and was able to set up their rotation accordingly for the start of the division series. In his 13th season, Halliday was finally set to make his postseason debut at home against the Cincinnati Reds, winners of the NL Central and owners of the National League's best offense, which included Joey Votto, who won the league MVP with league best on base and slugging percentages. That wasn't a problem for Halliday though. He retired the game's first three batters on just 10 pitches. The Phillies scored a run in the bottom of the first and that had proved to be enough for Halliday, but he even helped his own cause with the two-out RBI single in the second inning. Another two-out hit then drove in two more runs, including Halliday, and it made it 4-0 Philadelphia after two innings. Halliday retired the first 14 Reds batters he faced but with two outs in the 5th, he walked Jay Bruce on a full count. He then got Drew Stubbs to ground out, ending the threat there. He retired Cincinnati in order in the 6th and the 7th, but was getting better as the game went along. In the 8th, two strikeouts sandwiched a ground out. Through the first eight innings of his postseason career, Halliday allowed no runs, no hits, one walk, and eight strikeouts on just 94 pitches. Leading 4-0 in the top of the ninth inning of Game 1 of the 2010 NLDS, Halliday returned to the mound, three outs away from postseason history. He got Ramon Hernandez to pop out to second base to open the frame. Then Miguel Cairo fouled out on a 2-2 pitch. With the walk in the fifth inning, Halliday couldn't face the minimum and therefore needed to retire leadoff hitter Brandon Phillips for a fourth time. Phillips watched a fastball for strike one, swung and missed for strike two. Halliday then walked back on top of the bump.
1: Just about a quarter to eight, October the sixth, 2010, the first postseason game for Roy Halliday. He winds the 0-2, swinging a dribbler out in front of the plate. Ruiz out to get it. The throw from his knees. It's in time, and it's a no-hitter. Unbelievable. Ruiz and Halliday embrace, and the Phillies again celebrate around Roy Halliday. Four nothing, it's the second no hitter in Major League postseason history here tonight at Citizens Bank Park.
0: Again that's Scott Fransky on the Phillies Radio Network calling Roy Halliday's no hitter in the 2010 postseason. We'll break down his call in a few moments. On this night, Halliday became the second player to throw a no-hitter in the postseason, joining the New York Yankees' Don Larson, who pitched a perfect game in the 1956 Fall Classic. He also became the first pitcher since Nolan Ryan in 1973 to throw multiple no-hitters in a single season and the seventh big leaguer with both a perfect game and a no-hitter to his name. It also marked the first time in Major League history that a pitcher threw both a perfect game and a no-hitter in the same calendar year. Behind Halliday's dazzling Game 1 performance, the Phillies went on to sweep the Reds in the Division Series, advancing to the franchise's third straight NLCS. The San Francisco Giants upset Philadelphia, though, and went on to beat the Texas Rangers in the World Series. The Phillies would again make the postseason in 2011 behind Halliday, who was an All-Star and finished second in the Cy Young voting, but they lost in the NLDS. The franchise has not since returned to the playoffs. Halliday went 11-8 and 4-5 and and in 2012 and 2013, respectively, before calling it a career. He won two Cy Youngs, one in both the American and National League, made eight All-Star games, and threw both a perfect game and a no-hitter. Tragically, Halliday died in November of 2017 when a plane he was flying crashed into the Gulf of Mexico. Just over a year later, in January of 2019, Halliday was inducted into the National Baseball Hall of Fame with 85.4% of the votes in his first year on the ballot. Okay, let's now focus on Fransky's call. First of all, it's important to mention that Fransky, just before the first pitch of this at-bat, says that Halliday is one out away from a no-hitter. You obviously have that context from what I said earlier, but the radio audience in the moment also has that context leading into this pitch, even though Fransky doesn't say that during the lead-up to the final pitch of the game in this portion of the call that I've selected. Also, I'm not sure how superstitious you are, but again, Fransky did say, word for word, that Halliday is one out away from a no-hitter. From experience, I can tell you that if you, as the play-by-play broadcaster, say no-hitter or perfect game in the middle of a no-hitter or perfect game, and it ends up not happening, you might be the subject of some fan frustration. I generally tend to avoid saying it explicitly, but still make sure that the audience knows what's at stake. Something like, Two outs in the ninth inning, the Reds still with a zero in the hit column. Or, Two outs in the ninth inning, Cincinnati has just one base runner tonight, via a walk. Obviously, I want to make sure the listeners know what the pitcher is on the doorstep of accomplishing, but I'm also a bit worried about the broadcaster's jinx, as it's called, or at least worried about how some fans might react if the pitcher loses the no-hitter on the pitch directly after I say it. Regardless of your opinion, though, Fransky saying it here and having it still happen is great. I'm not sure if it was a conscious decision by Fransky. But there's something to be said about his confidence in Halliday's ability to retire Phillips. It outweighs his fear of potentially jinxing it, and as a result, I'd argue, it makes the call better, or at least that much more intense. Anyway, though, with that said, Fransky introduces Halliday's 0-2 pitch by setting the scene.
1: Just about a quarter to eight, October the 6th, 2010, the first postseason game for Roy Halladay.
0: You don't hear a broadcaster say the time and date just seconds before a huge moment too often. But Fransky does hear, telling us that it's about 7.45 on October 6, 2010. While I wouldn't say that it's out of place by itself, his mention of the date is much more meaningful when paired with what he says directly afterwards, that this is the first postseason game for Roy Halladay. The same Roy Halliday who had been dominating the league for a decade. The same Roy Halliday that threw a perfect game just a handful of months ago. The same Roy Halliday who had led the league in complete games six of the last eight seasons, including 2010. With his resume, his list of accomplishments, Fransky saying that it's 2010, making us think about Halliday's long career before this day, and that it's also Halliday's postseason debut, present the listener with a stark dichotomy. Two statements that seem unlikely to both be true, two statements that make the audience aware of just how long Halliday has been waiting for this moment, and therefore just how special his performance to this point has been. But now, with that context, it's time for the pitch.
1: He winds the O2, swinging a dribbler out in front of the plate. Something as simple
0: as Fransky saying he winds is important too. Obviously, he winds means that Halliday is throwing out of the windup. The longer, slower throwing motion that a pitcher uses when there's no one on base, when there's no threat of a stolen base. This is in contrast to the stretch. By the way, Fransky's saying that Holiday winds not only accurately describes what is happening on the field and helps the radio audience be able to imagine the scene, but it also speaks to Holiday's greatness on this night, because there are two outs in the ninth inning and he's still in the windup. He's been in the windup for all but four pitches. So maybe you would argue that it goes without saying that Halliday winds. But I think it's a nice inclusion by Fransky because it also tells us that the pitch is coming. He of course confirms that by saying, the O2 next. Now Fransky has given the audience two warnings that the pitch is on the way. If we as the audience are caught off guard by what happens next, that's on us, because Fransky has given us every indication that it's time to listen in. And that's good, because next, Phillips makes contact on his swing. As Franski says, a dribbler out in front of the plate. His voice is remarkably strong and consistent here. It doesn't waver much. He presents a calm, composed, and confident expression when in reality, I think many people, especially Phillies fans, freak out at the idea of a dribbler off the bat of the leadoff man being the only obstacle standing between Halliday and a no-hitter. A ball like that could very easily end up being a single a history denying 15-foot swinging bunt. But absolutely none of that comes through in Fransky's voice. He's the very definition of stoic, helping all of the listeners control their nerves. And maybe part of that for Fransky is because of who fields the ball for the Phillies.
1: Ruiz out to get it. The throw from his knees, it's in time, and it's a no-hitter. Unbelievable.
0: That's Carlos Ruiz, the catcher who fields the ball for Philadelphia. Ruiz not only hit above 300 in 2010, but he allowed the fourth fewest stolen bases in the big leagues, committed just five errors, and allowed just four passed balls. In 2010, if it weren't for the Cardinals' Yadier Molina, who was in his third year of eight straight NL Gold Glove campaigns, perhaps Ruiz would have won the Gold Glove. So maybe it's Ruiz's fielding ability that kept Ferensky calm as the ball rolls away from home plate. But still, it's not an easy play, and it doesn't look easy either. And Fransky does his best to tell us that, saying that Ruiz needs to throw from his knees in order to get Phillips at first base. That's because Ruiz had to sidestep and avoid Phillips' bat, which somehow rolled right alongside the moving ball, and I think even nudged it along a bit. Obviously, Fransky doesn't have time in the moment to mention all of that. The radio broadcast will circle back later, but for now, all Fransky can say is that Ruiz needs to make the play from his knees, which, as baseball fans, we all know makes the play that much more difficult. And it's here that Fransky's tone changes for the first time. His voice gets higher as he finishes pronouncing knees, a telltale sign that the play's resolution is on the way, either with an out, a hit, or an error. We quickly learn that it's an out when Fransky says it's in time at the same moment that the Citizens Bank Park crowd erupts in the background. Fransky's tone and pitch change continue here too as he confirms the out and the no hitter before describing the moment as unbelievable—an apt description. Let's listen to this part again.
1: Ruiz out to get it. The throw from his knees. It's in time, and it's a no hitter. Unbelievable.
0: Did you notice how his tone shifts at the end of the word knees? And how he keeps it up until the end of this part of the call? And come on, what single word is better to use in this moment than unbelievable? Halliday, after a decade plus of individual success but team failure, finally makes his postseason debut. And to introduce himself to October baseball, he throws the first playoff no-hitter since 1956? That is as unbelievable as it gets. Next, the Phillies mob Halliday, and Fransky narrates...
1: (laughs) Ruiz and Halliday embrace, and the Phillies again celebrate around Roy Halliday.
0: This is a simple enough line from Fransky. First, Ruiz and Halliday hug, as is normal during these moments. The catcher and pitcher almost always meet before any other teammate can make their way to the mound. Then, everyone else joins in, which is what Fransky tells us. But there's also so much else to say. In this moment, Fransky decides to add that this is also a bit of deja vu for the Phillies, as they again celebrate around Roy Halliday. A direct callback to when Halliday threw a perfect game in May. A direct callback to when Halliday threw a two hit shutout to clinch the NL East just over a week earlier. So, in this simple sentence, Ruiz and Halliday embrace and the Phillies again celebrate around Roy Halliday, Fransky manages to tell the audience first that Ruiz and Halliday meet and hug first before the rest of the team joins in around the mound, and that this is the third time the Phillies have mobbed Halliday around the mound in recent memory. That's a lot of information to get to, and it's all very important information that helps contextualize the moment, but it took Fransky less than eight seconds to get it all out. Even after the play ends, efficiency is still important for a radio broadcaster, and Fransky is just showing off at this point. Next, he zooms out and checks his remaining boxes.
1: Four nothing. It's the second no hitter in Major League postseason history here tonight at Citizens Bank Park.
0: When listening to this highlight in its entirety, it's easy to gloss over Fransky's quick mention of the score. For nothing, he says, at the very beginning of this portion of the call. First of all, it’s important to at least mention the final score because a broadcast is incomplete without it. And Fransky certainly could have taken a bit more time to say maybe for nothing, the final, Phillies win game one, or something like that. But this is one of those moments where the general formula for ending a call doesn’t quite fit. What really matters is that Halliday just threw a no-hitter. And as a result, the outcome of the game is not in question. No one listening on the radio is wondering who won this game. Some might wonder what the actual final score is, which is why it's good that Fransky mentioned it quickly, but no one isn't sure if the Phillies won. And after that quick mention of the score, Fransky then turns his attention back to the most pressing matter, trying to contextualize what just happened. He does that by telling the audience that this is the second no-hitter in Major League postseason history. We, of course, know the first one to be Don Larson's perfect game in the 1956 World Series, a fact that the Phillies broadcast crew would mention later. But in the moment, Fransky chooses the perfect statistic to prove just how special of a performance Halliday just completed. And I think that many baseball fans know that Larson threw a World Series no-hitter or perfect game. Not everyone can tell you what year it happened, but I think many are aware that it did indeed happen. That includes Fransky, who I'm sure was aware. But this is still a good job of Fransky and the rest of the booth to have the statistic ready for when Halliday finished the feat. The Phillies radio booth certainly had plenty of time to prepare for this moment, as there's little else to think about from the 6th or 7th inning on besides that 0 in the hit column. And Vransky wraps up his call by telling the audience that it happened in Philadelphia, in Citizens Bank Park, in front of the Phillies' home crowd. With this statement, Vransky now has answered just about every possible question his audience could have. Who? That's pretty simple. Halliday and the Phillies. What? Well, Halliday just threw the second no-hitter in postseason history. When? That takes us back to the beginning of the call. Remember, it's a quarter to eight on October 6th, 2010. Where? We just heard that. Citizens Bank Park. Why? Now that's a tough one to answer. Because of Holiday's greatness? Because of the storybook beginning to his postseason career after 12 years without a sniff of playoff baseball? Because the baseball gods were on the Phillies' side tonight? Who knows, Really? But Fransky gives us all the information we need to develop an opinion. Halliday was dominant all night long, and Fransky was right there with him every pitch and step of the way. Let's listen to the final out of the late great Roy Halliday's no hitter on October 6, 2010. Here again is Scott Fransky on the Phillies radio network.
1: Just about a quarter to eight, October the sixth, 2010. The first. Postseason game for Roy Halladay. He winds the 0-2. Swing and a dribbler out in front of the plate. Ruiz out to get it. The throw from his knees. It's in time. And it's a no-hitter. Unbelievable. Ruiz and Halladay embrace. And the Phillies again celebrate around Roy Halladay. It's the second no-hitter in Major League postseason history here tonight at Citizens Bank Park.
0: New episodes of Golden Tones drop each Tuesday morning. You can listen everywhere you get your podcasts. Just search Golden Tones. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It'd be much appreciated. Also, do you have a call or highlight you think I should feature in a future episode? Let me know on Twitter at Golden Tones Pod or at Mark Brandy.